Chapter Seven of the Silver Princess in Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: The Princess of Another Planet. Even so, Kabumpo was not fast enough, and as the immense black charger with its tail and mane curling like smoke its fiery nostrils flashing flames a foot long came galloping upon them randy flung himself face down on the ground to escape its burning breath the most terrifying thing about the black steed was the complete silentness of its coming its metal-shod feet struck the earth without making a sound giving kabumpo such a sense of unreality he could not believe it was true nor move another step. In consequence, as the enormous animal swirled to a halt before him, a dozen darting flames from its nostrils set fire to the load of hay on his back, enveloping him in a hot and exceedingly dangerous bonfire. Now thoroughly aroused, Kabumpo leapt this way and that, and Randy, unmindful of his own danger, jumped up and tried to beat out the fire with his cloak. But the hay blazed and crackled, and the elegant elephant would certainly have been roasted like a potato had he not reared up on his hind legs and let the whole burning burden slide from his back. Scorched and infuriated, his royal robes burned and blackened, Kabumpo backed into a handy brook and sat down, from which position he glared with positive hatred at his prancing adversary. But a complete change had come over this strange and unbelievable steed. His nostrils no longer spurted flames, and as Randy plumped down beside Kabumpo, deciding this was the safest spot for both of them, the lordly creature dropped to its knees and touched its forehead three times to the earth. "'Away, away, you big meddlesome menace!' panted the elegant elephant, throwing up his trunk. "'Begone, you good-for-nothing hay-burner!' But Kabumpo, pleaded Randy, as the horse, paying no attention to the elegant elephant's angry screeches, began throwing little puffs of red smoke into the air. He's trying to give us a message. Look. Hail and salutations. The words floated out smoothly and ranged themselves in a neat line. I hereby acknowledge you as my master. I can flash fire from the eye, the nose, and the mouth. But you, you flash fire from the whole body. Hail and salutations from Thun, the Thunder Colt. Yonder rests my mistress Planetty, princess of another planet. Who are you, great and much-to-be-envied spurter of fire? Skywriting, gasped Randy. Oh, Kabumpo, how are we going to answer? He did not hear your scolding. I don't believe he can hear us at all. Fire spurter, ho, ho, and how are you going to keep up that reputation? I'm not, grunted Kabumpo, but in a much less savage voice, for he was almost completely won over by the Thunder Colt's flattery, 
<clears throat> Let me see now. Couldn't we signal to the silly brute? There he stands looking up in the air for an answer. Well, Randy said, with your trunk and my arms we could form any number of letters, so— This is Kabumpo, elegant elephant of Oz. I am Randy, king of Regalia. With infinite pains and patience the two spelled out the message. Puzzled at first, then seeming to understand, Thun's clear yellow eyes snapped and twinkled with interest. Tossing his smoky mane, he puffed a single word into the air. Come! Then away he flashed in his noiseless gallop. Shall we? cried Randy, jumping out of the creek, for he was curious to know more about the Thunder Cult and to meet the princess of another planet. Are you cooled off? Did the water put you out? Oh, I'm put out all right, grumbled Kabumpo, lurching up the bank. Very put out and in splendid shape to meet a princess, I must say. Come on, you don't look so bad, urged Randy, tugging impatiently at his tusk, while Kabumpo himself endeavored to wring the water out of his robe with his trunk. Even without any trappings or jewels at all, you'd stand out in any company. There's nobody bigger or handsomer than you, Kabumpo. Know it? Ha! The elegant elephant let go his robe and gave Randy a quick embrace. Then what are we waiting for, little bragger-wagger? Tossing the young monarch lightly over his shoulder, the elegant elephant started after the thunder colt, moving almost as smoothly and silently as Thun himself. Without one look behind, Thun had disappeared into a green forest, and how cool and delicious it seemed to Randy and Kabumpo after the sky-desert lands they had been traversing. Flashing in and out between the tall trees, the thunder colt led them to an ancient oak set by itself in a little clearing. Here, leaning thoughtfully against the bowl of the tree, stood the little princess of another planet. Kabumpo, recognizing royalty at once when he saw it, lifted his trunk in a grave and dignified salute. Randy bowed, but in such a daze of surprise and admiration he scarcely knew he was bowing. The small figure under the oak was strange and beautiful beyond description, giving an impression both of strength and delicacy. Planetti was fashioned of tiny meshed links fine as the chain-mail worn by medieval knights, of a metal that resembled silver, but which at the same time was iridescent and sparkling as glass. Yet the princess of another planet was live and soft as Randy's own flesh-and-bone self. Her eyes were clear and yellow like thuns, her hair, a cascade of gossamer net, sprayed out over her shoulders and fell halfway to her feet. Planetti's garments, trim and shaped to her figure, were of some veil-like net, and, floating from her shoulders, was a cloak of larger meshed metal thread, almost like a fisherman's net. Highnesses, Highness, oh, very high Highnesses! Prancing lightly before her, Thun puffed his announcement importantly into the air. Here you see, Kabumpti! Nelegant Nelephant of Nas and Sandy, King of Segalia. 
Oh, my goodness, he has us all mixed up, worried Randy in a whispered aside to Kabumpo, whose ears had gone straight back at the dreadful name Thun had fastened upon him. Never mind. I, too, am mixed up. Everything down here is too perfectly lettling. Oh, you can speak? Leaning forward, Randy gazed delightedly down at the little metal maiden. He had been afraid at first she would use the same skywriting talk as Thun. But surely, smiled Planetti, each word striking the air with the directness of a silver bell, so that Randy was almost as interested in the tune as in the sense. Only the creature folk on another planet are without power of speech or sound-making. They must go soft and silently. That is the Lenith law. And a good law, too, observed Kabumpo, looking resentfully up at the Thunder Colt's fading message. Permit me to introduce myself again, Your Highness. I am Kabumpo, elegant elephant of Oz, and this is Randy, King of Regalia, which is also in Oz. Oz, marveled Planetti, lifting her spear-like silver staff, whose tip, ending in three metal links, fascinated Randy. Is this, then, the planet of Oz? And what are those, and these, and this? In rapid succession the little princess touched a cluster of violets growing round the base of the oak, a moss-covered rock, and the tall tree itself. "'Why, flowers, rocks, and a tree!' laughed Randy. "'Surely you must have flowers, trees, and rocks on another planet.' "'No, nothing like this. All these colors and shapes. Everything on my planet is flat and grayling.' The metal maiden raised her hands as she searched for the right words to explain another planet. "'It is all so different with us,' she confessed, dropping her arms to her side. "'Yonder we have zonators, not trees, but tall shafts of metal to which we fasten our nets when we sleep or rest. Underfoot we have network of various sizes and thicknesses, with here and there sprays of vanadium. In our vanadium springs we freshen and renew ourselves, and without them we stiffen and cease to move. With one finger pressed to his forehead, Randy tried to visualize Planetti's strange grayling world, but Kabumpo, ever more practical, inquired sharply, And how often must you refresh and renew yourselves, Princess? Every sonester in the earling, answered the Princess with a bright nod. Thun, tiring of a conversation he could not hear, had cantered off to investigate a rabbit, and Randy, sliding to the ground, came over to stand nearer to this strange little princess. Kabumpo and I do not understand all those words, he told her gently. Sonester, earling, what do they mean? Why, a sonester, trilled Planetti, throwing back her head and showing all of her tiny silver teeth, is one dark, one light, 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 and earling is when you waken from rat. Help! 
shuddered Kabumpo, shaking his ears as if he had a bee in them. "'I know what she means,' crowed Randy, snapping his fingers gleefully. "'A Sonestor on another planet is the same as a week here. All those lights and darks are days, and Earling is the morning and Rhett is rest.' "'Then you do realize,' worried Kabumpo, as Planetti looked questioningly from one to the other, "'that if this little lady and her cult are separated from their vanadium springs for a week, they will become stiff, motionless statues, and that—the elegant elephant looked the pretty little princess first up and then down—that would be a great pity. We must help them back to another planet as soon as we can, my boy.' "'Yes, yes, that is what you must do!' Planetti clapped her small, silvery hands and blew a kiss to the elephant. "'If Thun had just not jumped on that thunderbolt—' "'Jumped on a thunderbolt, did he?' A reluctant admiration crept into Kabumpo's voice. The princess nodded so emphatically, her long, lovely hair danced and shimmered round her face like a cloud shot with starlight. "'You see—' she went on gravely. We were on our way to a Zorodel. Kabumpo and Randy exchanged startled glances, but realizing there would be many odd words in Planetti's language did not interrupt her. And halfway there, continued Planetti calmly, a dreadful storm overtook us. A bright flash of lightning frightened Thun, and though I signaled for him to stop, he sprang right up on a huge glowing thunderbolt that had fallen across the netway, and it fell and fell and fell, bringing us to where we are now. "'Well, that's one way of going places,' commented Kabumpo, swinging his trunk from side to side. "'But how can we find another planet when none of us fly?' demanded Randy anxiously. "'It must be miles above this country.' for think how fast and far thunderbolts fall when they fall. "'Now you've forgotten the red djinn,' boomed Kabumpo, winking meaningly at the young king, for at Randy's words the little princess had covered her face with her hands, and three yellow jewels had trickled through her fingers. "'Jinnicky can help Planetti and Thun go any place they wish,' insisted Kabumpo in his loud, challenging bass. Come, princess, follow your fire-breathing steed, and we will travel on to the most powerful wizard in Ev. Ev? Wizard? Oh, how gay it all sounds! Planetti's voice rang out merrily as Christmas bells. With a lively skip she tapped her staff three times on the ground, and Thun, though out of sight, came instantly bounding back to his little mistress. Vaulting easily upon his back, the princess of another planet lifted her staff, and Kabumpo, picking up Randy, started away like a whole conquering army. End of chapter 7